Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas, people, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village. The award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007. Find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Ike Eisenhower State Farm. Ike and his award-winning team have been serving the insurance needs of folks all around Hot Springs Village since 1998. Ike has qualified for State Farm's President's Club, Chairman's Circle, and Hot Springs Village Insurance Agent of the Year. Call Ike Eisenhower State Farm today at 501-984-4100. That's 501-984-4100. Find them online at IkeEisenhower.net. Call them today for all your insurance needs because, like a good neighbor, Ike Eisenhower State Farm is there. In the rarest instance ever, we have two bass players in the same week on a show. Hey, Rick. Hey, Rich, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Dennis. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. I ran into Mr. Rich, and let me let me preface all this. Diane and I love to travel from here to Hot Springs Village. We love to go down to, to Beale Street. I'll, I'll tell you our protocol real quick. We go by uh, Rendezvous and get the world's greatest barbecue downstairs in the basement. We oh, yeah. uh, may or may not get the etouffee. It's not as great as it used to be at King's Palace. Okay. And then we stagger down the street uh, full, with full bellies to either Silky O'Sullivan's or Rum Boogie. And we walked in the door one day at Rum Boogie, and there was this band playing that was fantastic. And as you do when when you've had a big meal, you got to go to the bathroom. You walk in the bathroom and you run into a long-headed haired guy who plays the bass and you don't know it yet. And you go, did you see those guys out there on trumpet? They must not be 18 yet. How on earth? They don't even shave. What are they doing here in the band? <laughs> and then Rich turns to you and says, yeah, I lined those up. Those are guys I get from high schools. And I about fell out of my chair. Tell me, and those kids, they have got to think this is the greatest thing on earth. They're playing on Beale Street, and they're 18, right? Right, at least, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I joked, I didn't know if they could shave yet, but you you made no, 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 they're good, they're good. Uh, how do you do this? This is your mentoring program or whatever, right? Well, it. our band's been a band for 30, 35 years. Now we started in 87. And which is and the name of the band is Free World. Free, Free World. World. We're going to have the links underneath here. And um, as it so happens, it's not only been a band this entire time, it's also been a school. 
you know, all the way to, <laughs> frankly, the very beginning, I was in kindergarten in free world school. I was the least knowledgeable of all the people in the band. We had Dr. We were a bunch of young college. Well, they were a bunch of young college jazz bow wannabes. I was sort of, I played in a, in a local, you know, uh, I guess sort of R and B rock band kind of thing. And, and, but we went, we, we decided we wanted to put a band together and we went to find Dr. Herman Green, who was the preeminent jazz blues saxophone master on beale street you know we approached him and said you know hey we want to start we even knew back then you want to have a band you need to have somebody in the band with some kind of credibility right so we went to herman and said hey man we're gonna start a band and we want you to start the band with us and he looked us up and down and went well, i i will do this but you got to be serious about the music it's like, uh, yes, sir. Okay. You know what? And, and he, and so he started off mentoring us. We were, you know, how, not just about playing the music, but how to deal with the club owner and how to get paid and how to, how to make it into more of a, of a, of a connective experience than it just being you playing music and them listening and how it becomes interactive, you know, and he taught us all. And, he, he just passed away in 2020. He was 90. He was still playing. He was still, you know, as vital as he had ever been. But him bringing us up, now it's kind of time to for me to, to pay it forward the same way I was brought up. Now, because Free Will's always been a school. And the really great thing about horn players anyway, my saxophone player, Peter Climey, is like my, my – he's my he's my lieutenant. He's my first in command uh, of the band. And the horn section is, is his his baby. And all our entire gig is he has it all uploaded on iPad. And most horn players don't start off playing in garage bands. They start off in, in grade school or high school. They start off in marching band, you know, so they can all read music. So if you can read music, you can get on stage with Free World and you've got an iPad in front of you and it, your sight reading skills are even you know, reasonable. You can hang. And then you sort of find out what it's all about. It's not just about playing these notes on, on this, this paper in front of you, the iPad. It's it's about, as my trumpet player just told me just the other day, he said, my job is to, 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 to play something, to plant something in these people's hearts, minds, and souls that will live with them forever. You know, and so these kids who have learned how to play, learned how to be in marching band and the pep rallies and all that stuff. Now they're on Beale Street in front of people from literally every country in the world. Most continent, most continents on the planet, actually. Uh, Australia. I mean, you name it. They're there. We have had as many as six continents represented in the room at the same time at Rumble. Really? I mean, it's like really? microcosm of the entire world. And you got these kids that are anywhere from 16 to 21 that are, you know, saucer eyed, freaking out, you know, but but going to school and learning and getting experience and, and finding their way in a way that's that's. You know, it, it's all necessary. You need to be in the classroom. You need to have a teacher. You need to be in the practice room. You need to be in the pep band. But there's no, you, you can't, you can't approximate playing on Beale Street being in school. That's something you really have to go out and do. And the fact that our band sort of gives that opportunity to these young kids, the same opportunity that I was given back when I was, I, I'm the principal of the school now. But at one point, I was in kindergarten there, and it, it's it's uh. It's it's a really you know, not many places, not many professions these days. I think um, do the apprentice thing anymore. It's you have to go online, you have to take some courses, you have to get certified. You know, you, it's, it's not the way it used to be back in the day when you would decide you wanted to be an electrician and hang out with some electrician dudes for twenty years until they finally said, "Okay, you can do it yourself." 
but music is is one of those things that still you can be apprenticed and and we pride ourselves in providing that opportunity for these youngsters. I, I had a I had an old school um, uh, veterinarian in Little Rock, great guy, and I said, you know, how did you get started in this? And he said, I went up to an old veteran one veterinarian one day. And he said, I, I, I'd like to, I think I'd like to become a veterinarian one day. And he said, I, I, you know, what school should I go to? And whatever he said, shut up, son, pick up that bag. <laughs> right. Said, he said, I picked up this bag full of veterinarian tool skill, you know, saws and hatchets and, you know, everything you could imagine, you know, any kind of surgical tool or whatever. And he said, must have weighed 50 pounds. And he said, or more. And he said, follow me, son. And he said, for the next three years, I followed that man. And he said, when I went into veterinarian school, he said, I literally aced every question that they put in front of me. He said, it, it, there's no substitute. There is no substitute. And I loved your story, Rich. To, how did, and was it Dr. Green? Is that who you said? Dr. Herman Green. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and, and how to deal with the club owners, how to get paid. That seems to be important eventually, doesn't it? <laughs> you think? <laughs> I got a boy in law school in Little Rock and another boy in college in Chattanooga. So uh, getting paid, M- mama likes that. Mama <laughs> likes paid. Well, let's talk about, and, and I, there was so much to talk about, and I'm so excited to get on with you. Thank you so much for being with us today, Rich. It's uh, my pleasure. Thank you. That's a delight. And, and really what I wanted to come back to real quick is, you know, we have a lot of immigrants, immigrants. We have a lot of people coming from California, Texas, Dallas, Tulsa, all over the U.S. are coming to this beautiful little quiet piece of heaven that we've got here because it's quiet. It's safe. It's relaxing. It's, you know, it's low stress. All that to say, well, sometimes we like to party. Sometimes we like to just have a good time or go watch other people party. Well, maybe I don't want to drive five and a half hours back to Dallas. Maybe I don't want to fight the Dallas traffic. Well, it's only three hours from the East Gate to downtown Beale Street, which, Rich, if you would, and I, I want to go through your, your the free world, where free world plays every night, but but I do want to come back in. Give, a, give me some history on Beale Street for those that don't know. What is Beale Street? How did it come around? Uh, Beale Street, as, as we sort of know it today, started in the late 1800s, and it was back then basically known as as Black Main Street. Mm-hmm. So when it, things were obviously segregated until, frankly, not that too long ago. But uh, so when the, the sharecroppers from Mississippi and Arkansas wanted to come to Memphis, they couldn't go to Main Street. They couldn't shop in the places every place else could shop. They came to Beale Street. And there were, you know, there were uh, grocery stores and, and eye doctors and dentists and pawn shops and, you know, e- everything you needed, everything anybody could need from that you know, demographic they could find on Beale Street. But then at night it became, you know, it, it was it was bawdy. It, there were there were bars, there were restaurants, there was music, there was gambling, there was prostitution, there was murder, there was, you know, all was, the big ones, all the big ones, you know, all the, all the fun ones. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, W.C. Handy got his start there, the, the father of the blues that he sat at Pee Wee's Saloon and, and wrote out the first, you know, blues. As a music, and I saw a, a documentary a while back. If you go to Mali in Africa, there are people playing the blues. You know, I mean, it's almost like an exact. You know, you go, you listen to these people in these small communities in Mali, and they're playing the blues. So it obviously was imported to Mississippi through yeah. 
the tragedy of slavery. And uh, but the music, you know, they, they kept alive in the fields when they were picking the cotton and in their 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 Saturday and Sunday night parties. You know, they, they, they played the music that they were that they brought here with them and it grew and it expanded and and it found a home on Beale Street. And uh, you see, there have been so many great, fantastic musicians that have either began their career on Beale Street or came from, you know, the, the North Mississippi Hill Country and came through Memphis and then maybe moved on up. The Memphis back in those days, the, the music was primarily acoustic, but then it moved the, the jug bands and all that. Well, then. The blues moved up the river to Chicago and became electrified. And you had people like, you know, Muddy Waters, who started in Mississippi, came through Memphis, went to Chicago. And also the thing about Beale Street is that, you know, most cities have a thing. You know, Seattle has grunge and Athens has alternative. and You know, but Memphis has redefined itself over and over again. It was a jug band place. It was a contemporary or traditional blues type place. Then it was an R&B and soul place. And then it was a rock place. And then, it, you know, it's a rap place. It, it's it constantly. But there is a there's a certain thing about Memphis, the, the, the grittiness and the grindiness and, and the melting pot of it. The fact that we pulled together, you know, rock and basically the cradle of Western musical civilization came from Beale Street. Mm-hmm. The, the combination of the country music and the blues music and the gospel music and the rockabilly music all came together on, you know, Elvis used to go down to Beale Street, to, you know, and hide in the bag and listen to these cats. And that's where he got his thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Beale Street has been the place that people go to party, to experience. And, you know, people come there from all over the world every day looking for a certain thing. They want to get the blues. They want the R&B. They want the soul. They want the history of Memphis. They want to feel something. You know, they don't necessarily want to hear anything played, you know, like like it is on a record. They they want you to, they want you to touch them. They want you to feel they want to feel something from the musicians. And that's we as a band, because Herman mentored us. Uh, I know what that means. You know, I know where I know how to do that. We know how to to take the music that we're playing and and infuse it with ourselves and make it not so much a jukebox, but more of something that we're we, we've amalgamated everything that, as I heard you say, combinate. We need to combinate. You combinate all, all the things that, that yourself and your schooling and your life and everything and put it into the music that you play. And like I said, as, as Will Palladino just told me the other day, he wants to play something that will live in somebody else's soul for the rest of their life. And that's that's, you know. And I tell you what, if you if you want to hear it, Rum Boogies, uh, many of the other places you play, it, just fantastic music. And let me let me do the five mile high view just for a moment. For hell, a five hundred feet view. Uh, Peabody, the Peabody world class hotel, gorgeous, right across from the the uh, rendezvous. <clears throat> uh, what's the guy's name? The rendezvous. I'm trying to. Charlie Burgos. Charlie Burgos rendezvous. Uh, and for those of you to, to put it all in kind of in perspective, um, Justin Timberlake eats there. He loves it. It's a, it's, I mean, it's a, it's an amalgamation of everything. And what are we maybe three blocks back and, and, and you're back on Beale street. Yeah, maybe. And, and I wish people understood, you know, say, well, you know, I, I'm more the Elvis type or I'm more the rock and roll type. It wouldn't exist if it hadn't been for Beale street. There would there would be no such thing. That's true. It all had to come together. Uh, hot spots that I want to mention real quick, and then I want to get back to this. The Sun Record Studio is an amazing, amazing tour. They Absolutely. have stuff 
Oh my God. They have stuff you will never see anywhere else. They have the mixing console from the original studio. They have, uh, they have the amplifier that Ike Turner busted out and made that buzzy sound. The first Uh, distortion. Yeah. The first distortion, which, you know, we don't know what an electric guitar sounds like beyond that these days without the distortion. Right. Um, Stax recording studio, that studio, that studio, that, that uh, museum is world-class and there's a Stax. There's a Stax Music Center. What do they do there? I'm not familiar. So not only is it the Stax Museum of American Soul Music there, and it, which goes through not just all of Memphis, but it also includes Detroit and Muscle Shoals and Philadelphia. It's, it's it's a museum of soul. It primarily focuses on Memphis, but it touches on a little bit of all of it. But it's also the Stax Music Academy. There's also there's a school there that uh, that the local uh, children from from that uh, general area in Memphis can can have a place to go and to study it. It's a charter school. And uh, so the kids get music in addition to regular, you know, uh, normal education, they get music education as well. And, and of course, with all the, the, the history there and, and all of the former stars that are still alive that pop in there all the time and play with these kids and give, give them that experience. I mean, Snacks is just it. You know, at one point they tore it down. And uh, they built it back up. It built it better and made it authentic, but also, you know, it's, it's a charter school. It's, it's 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 badass. It's remarkable. It really is. And and to as a as a as a audio guy to walk into the Stax Museum and go, oh my lord, this is the voice of the theater speakers they used as monitors. Right. Yep. This is the original mixing console. This is the oh my lord, you're telling me Booker T and the MGs sat by this board and oh my god. That's it's, right. It's, it's royalty, if you know what I mean, right? Absolutely. So tell me, and, and I want to come back to Free World, uh, all around Memphis. T- tell me where you play again, and we'll have the list, linkings here below. But wh- where does it go? So uh, Free World plays every Friday and Saturday night at Rum Boogie Cafe. We're the, the weekend house band there. Mm-hmm. And then we play every Sunday night and have since 1991 at uh, Blue City Cafe, which is right up the street across from BB's. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I also we we play at Rum Boogie uh, as a as a trio on Wednesdays. That's the three world, <laughs> not free world. Three world, not the free world, but the three world. And then we do three world up the street at uh, the new Ghost River Brewery, which is a fantastic oasis. Oh, oh it's great. It that's, is awesome. Saturday afternoon, I do a duo gig at Central Barbecue downtown next to the Civil Rights Museum. Oh, what kind of gig? Uh, does a, a acoustic duo? Oh, a zero duos. gig. Uh, a duo <laughs> duo gig duo gig i'm sorry i'm sorry i thought zero is that like a completely acoustic what is that yeah okay and then uh, and then sunday morning i play in my church so it's 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 i play seven gigs a week and uh they're they're all good and they're all fun they're different different music you know it's it's uh what we do on sunday nights at blue city is not the same thing we do on friday and saturday nights at rum boogie we try to you know mix up what we do keep it fresh and uh of course as you saw we, we, there's a core to our band, but there's also you never know who's going to show up and play with us, kids or or alumnus from the band over the years, or folks that are in town for something else. They, if you ask anybody, especially because, like I said, we've been at Blue Cities on Sunday night since '91. That's 32 years. You come to Memphis and you ask any hotel concierge, you ask any restaurant, or your, your waitress. It's Sunday evening. What, what do I go? What do I do tonight for fun? Blue City, Free World, Sunday night. Go. You know, just yeah. trust me. Just go. It's, the, you know? it's those fly by nighters that have only been there 31 years. They're they, they'll probably <laughs> flake out next week. Who knows, right? If they haven't figured it out by now. Yeah, and figured it out by now. But I got to say, we and uh, to give them her due, and I'm trying to remember, we had Mr. 88 Keys. We were there Monday and Tuesday night. And who's the guy and his brother is, I want to say Jason, but it's not. Who is, who's the, who's it, but, but, but Run Boogie Monday and Tuesday? 
Oh, uh, um, it's um, uh, sorry, the harmonica guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said they're they're Vince, the plantation Vince outlaws the, or Vince, John, Vince Johnson and the plantation all stars. Okay, so Vince Johnson and plantation all stars. His brother is Alex Johnson, I think. He has a bunch of brothers. I don't know yeah, yeah. He plays the bass, and they had Mr. 88 Keys on. Uh, well, that's Jeremy on... Powell. Jeremy Powell. Oh, my Lord. He also plays with um, with Southern Avenue. Really? You know, check them out. Yeah. I, no, I, we were we walked in on a Monday night, and we were like, well, maybe there'll be a band. Maybe it'll be okay. Maybe whatever. Oh, dear Lord almighty. I, anyway. Run Boogie. Yeah, oh, you run Boogie. It's awesome. Seven nights and, a week. Uh, World class so, music seven nights a week. Where it is, and I've showed, I've tried to show people, you know, Lindsey Buckingham's signature on guitars and Moody Blues and fill in the blank. I mean, it, it it's you know, it, it's the bomb. But but all that to say, and and apparently you play music seven days a week. What do you do in your spare time? I'm just confused. Help me. Uh, I, I'm a research scientist. I work in an Alzheimer's research lab during the day. We, I, right now, I'm at work. I'm, I had to s- slip off and hide out in this uh, this. Lovely mechanical room, so I could. Uh... <laughs> it's okay. They'll never know. They'll never. Yeah. Know. They won't know. No, no. Nobody will know. Nobody will know. Well, Rich, what would you tell people? And I, I don't even know where to begin. I could go another hour, or I could, I could, you know, stop here. But what would you tell people that have never been to Beale Street? What would you tell them? Well, you can catch world class music on Beale Street in a variety of venues seven nights a week. So if you're into music. That's obvious. Uh, if you love food, there's, you know, there's every, any place you go up in Nazareth, a lot of them have their own specialties. You know, Blue City Cafe, the best meal on Beale, like you were talking about the, uh, the the gumbo and the etouffee at King's Palace. You know, anywhere you go, you're going to get good food. You're going to get good music. And and for the most part, the you get people from all over the world that you're going to meet all kinds of folks. And again, that's also seven nights a week there are people from all over the world there there's sometimes big buses full of australians are all coming to the club hey you know are you are a bunch of poles from japan or you know you never know who you're gonna bump into you make friends you, you drink you eat some food you listen to some music you dance you have a good time seven nights a week you know and also there's a bunch of history up and down the street if oh, you yeah. uh, if you look down in the sidewalk there are these brass notes and i actually uh, i sit on the the committee that that the, the Beale Street Walk of Fame Brass Note Committee, and um, if you just gander down and start paying attention to these brass notes in the street, they're everybody, everybody and anybody. There's still like there's there, I think there's a hundred, almost two hundred in the street as we speak, and you know a bunch more that are, that are still on our nominees list that will make it eventually, and they go everywhere from you know the the old the, the jug bands from the 1920s to, to Justin Timberlake to that, you know, and it's not just musicians. It's some of the club owners. It's some of the politicians that help. It's sound engineers. It's, it's a broad cross section of everyone that has made Beale street what it is today. And uh, you know, if, if you're coming to Memphis and you, you miss Beale street, you, you, you missed it. You know, you, you, you went to the wrong place. And you, you went, you know, there's a lot of other good places to go, but to me, for me, that's really the heart of, of Memphis. Well, I have to I have to say for me at Beale Street, it, it's an incredible sense of history, people, culture, uh, the the kids that do the acrobatics that bounce down the street during the day, whatever. The flippers, Beale Street the flippers, flippers, the flippers. And and they basically just take up tips. But I gotta tell you, for me, for me, as a guy who's been a singer, been in music, done all that fun stuff, um sitting, I don't know, eight to ten feet away. From three great horns, an incredible bassist, 
unbelievable singers, unbelievable keyboard. If you've never, and I know a lot of people, and I'm not exaggerating here, Richie, you and I have done this for years and years. We're familiar with this. A lot of people don't experience live music unless it's, and I mean live, not really on, not a big screen or whatever, but live music is 30, 50, 80 feet away. When you're, you can reach out and touch the band, it sounds different. It feels different. It has a different groove. Would you agree? Absolutely. And also, the, when you go to a, a major concert arena to hear a music, that's, that's for the most part, that's a show, you know? And we're, we're, we're having fun. We're just, bunch of this is not madison square garden it's rum boogie and we right. like to interact with the crowd and we we crack i, I often joke that you know sometimes at sports uh, uh events they'll, they'll mic somebody up you know on the field yeah. if you could mic up the band and hear some of the stuff we say to each other <laughs> it would make the show that much better <laughs> well let's come back to that once more i have a friend here who runs who's a, a, a music minister here at, at uh, one of the churches and and we had a conversation on camera the other day just to general conversation, but we talked about, I mean, this church runs two to 50. It's not a big church in any way. Nice folks, wonderful folks, but everybody has their in-ear monitoring and they all got their click track and the song is going to be this long and that's it. It's not going to go one measure more longer. It's not going to do anything else because we have a click track, right? That's, I, I don't even want to say that's live music because it's so scripted. You, you reach, you can't turn to the crowd. Okay. We'll hit it again. We'll do our verse two again and the chorus again. Right. You can't do that. You, in modern worship churches, you can't do that because you just got this many clicks and this many tracks. I, I'm old enough. You are too, I suspect. I remember when we would see at the movies, it would say held over. You can't do that. Right. Anymore, you know? Well, uh, let me tell you, sure. the church I play in every Sunday, is it's called Heart Song Church. It's out in Cordova. And the moniker of the church is the flock that rocks. <laughs> And we are the Lord's most dangerous band and, and there is no in ear and there's no click track and we go, you know, you know no telling where we're going to go. It's, 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 it's about half a free world and some congregants and some other folks. And uh, if you ever been to a church and want to feel something, you come to heart song. I got, I got that. Can I, uh, can I confess that I've watched a couple of sermons there already? He's great. That's an excellent, yeah, he is stunningly good. One, one of my favorite quotes was, and I'll, I'll, one of the more recent sermons that's up, he said, you know, if if, you, if you're if you watching this or and you're listening to this, this sermon and you feel guilty, that's on you because I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Great, great guy. And I, I tell you what, I, Rich, I just, I mean, I literally met you in the men's bathroom and said, hey, would you be on my show? And you have been extraordinarily gracious. I cannot thank you enough, my friend. Thank you for having me, Dennis. It's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. I got news for you. We're coming back to see you on Beale Street at Rum Boogie, okay? You come find me any Friday or Saturday or Sunday. You come find us. Thanks, you, buddy. Hey, from Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson. He's Richard Cushing. We'll see you in the men's room. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Thanks for watching and listening to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast starring Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com.